0: Welcome in the latest episode of 5 on the Floor on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're also on Dash Radio's Nothing but Net channel, but that has changed now to 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. every day. That's 7 to 8 a.m. 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. On the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Also, check out our YouTube channel, close to nine thousand subscribers. That's Five Reasons YouTube for all of our latest streaming shows, but also uh, you can check out the Zoom videos with various players uh, around South Florida as well as the coaches. So make sure that you subscribe to that, and of course, FiveReasonSports.com for all the local sports content for free. We do not charge you. That you can handle. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that includes our friends over at Better Pay. You can find them at btrpay.com. That's btrpay.com. The phone number is 954 953 8895. That's 954 953 8895. Why do you need this? Well, if you're funding a new business, this is the place to go. Your business only needs to be operational for six to 12 months. You just need a few documents, including a driver's license and some account statements, and you can get funded within 24 to 48 hours from approval. They run a soft credit poll, so it will not impact your credit score. You do not have to pay for an application fee. You do not need to put up any collateral to receive funds, and you can receive anywhere from 5,000 to 500,000 for new hire and payroll, moving and remodeling, equipment and inventory, bills and utility, and marketing, and here's the best part of it. If you mention five reasons when you call, again, the phone number is 954-953-8895. $100 of your loan, you don't have to pay it back. So just mention five reasons that money will be yours once you get approved. That's btrpay.com. The phone number, 954-953-8895. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. From the floor. Welcome to five
1: on the floor, a daily show on the Miami heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo and Greg
0: Sylvander. part of the five reason sports network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. We've got the whole crew here tonight. Again, myself, Ethan Skolnick, but also Greg Sylvander, Alphon Sidney and Alex Toledo. We're coming out of free agency weekend. Now the draft is over the trades have started and have been mostly been completed to this stage today. There were zoom calls with Goran Dragic and Myers Leonard. You can catch up with all of that on the five reasons sports Twitter feed. The four of us today though, are going to put this into some perspective. Not everything is done yet. Of course there could be other moves, but most teams are kind of at their roster limits. We've seen most of the big players go. Of course, Hassan Whiteside uh, has not gone, of course, uh, but most of the other free agents have signed with someone. And what we're going to do today is look at the heat in comparison and contrast with the other top five teams in the Eastern Conference. So let's go through it. Um, We're going to start here. Greg, we've got this list. Maybe we should do six because I'm actually thinking about it now. We've got Toronto. We've got Milwaukee. We've got Boston philadelphia indiana and brooklyn so actually we're going to do six not five let's start here with the milwaukee bucks where do the heat stand against the bucks greg
2: so when you look at him from an overall roster perspective out is eric bledsoe is george hill robin lopez Wes matthews so they've had a lot of roster turnover but in is dj augustine tory craig uh, Brian Forbes, Drew Holiday, uh, and Bobby Portis essentially, and then they've obviously added a couple draft picks as well, but uh, second round picks. So, for the most part, I, I feel like from Milwaukee's perspective, yes, Drew Holiday is a huge um upgrade, and I, I like the Forbes uh, and Augustine signings in particular. I don't love Bobby Portis as much. I feel like with them. They're, it's a top heavy roster. It's led by Giannis. Middleton is obviously, um, you know, still a, a viable player, but it's a team that it's going to take a while to gel. They still have some questions from a coaching perspective and they're going to have loud noises surrounding Giannis' decision going forward. So for the most part, if we're going to say anything about Milwaukee, to, for by my view, they're kind of going into next season flat to, to last year. Alex,
0: is that fair to say they're flat? Because I, I think you think they're a little better than they were.
1: So I think they got better because, you know, I think Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe is an upgrade, no matter how you look at it, right? I think they needed a point guard and, you know, maybe they could have gotten a better one like Chris Paul, but even because reports are they didn't even really go after him like that, which is just unbelievable to me. But at the end of the day, and I know I say that a lot, they get better, right? I think with Drew Holiday, and even though they, get, they didn't get who they wanted <laughs> and they kind of embarrassed themselves in a public way, I think they did a good job with the resources that they had replenishing their bench with Bryn Forbes, with DJ Augustine, with Tory Craig, right? Like those guys are solid players. I know it's a little bit of a drop off from their, you know, their elite bench that they had last season, but I think it'll be just enough. You know, uh, they replaced George Hill with DJ Augustine and Bryn Forbes is a better shooter than anybody they had last year coming off their bench. Uh, Craig is a solid defender, right? That sounds I, a lot I'm, like an
3: Orlando magic bench. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. Like we're like, we're, what are we doing? What are we Luke doing? Ran. I'm not What are steady. we doing? They, okay, they, they didn't fight. address their biggest need. They didn't. No, they didn't. But,
1: like, I'm just saying, they did. I think, like, it really seemed like they had nothing at all to get guys, and they just did the best they could as far as, you know, having, like, a, the veterans minimum and the buy a new exception. They didn't really have a lot to get better after they made that Drew Holiday trade, which, you know, where they gave up pretty much everything. And with that, I think it's fine, right? Like, I'm not scared of them, though. I think if you're the Heat, you're still just as confident that you can run the same game plan and beat them again, because I think they, you know, they obviously still have the same coach. I think they're going to run a lot of the same stuff and it'll be all right. Like I think they're going to win 60 plus games again, but you go, if you go up against them in the playoffs again, I'm not scared of the heat. I think the only thing that actually changed for the heat here is, you know, not having Crowder there to help out with uh, the game plan that you want to, that you want to run the, the wall game plan against Giannis, but that's far down the road. We don't know if the roster is going to look the same and regardless if I'm the heat, I'm still going into that confidence, even with Crowder walking. Like, I don't think that swings anything and i don't think drew holiday swings it like i think it makes them better but i'm still not scared of the bucks like they lost in 5 in the second round for a reason they
3: still got to go out there and prove it
0: alf you're not you're not convinced
3: no because at the end of the day like alex likes to say in the fourth quarter with with 2 minutes left you load up on Giannis. and who are you afraid of dj augustine uh drew holiday dj augustine the Bring- killer Bryn Forbes, like, I mean, like, I don't even, I don't, Brian, I don't, I don't even care what his name is. Like, they did not address, they did not get him a sidekick, like not even a sidekick. He needs a second superstar next to him. And they have, they have not done that. Their, their path to keeping Giannis, or at least improving this team was getting Chris Paul. Like that was what they needed to do. They didn't do that. They brought in Drew Hall. They drew how they was a, you know, a good addition to the Miami heat. Where they had closers, they had everything. They just needed, you know, they needed a point of attack defender. They needed what he was, what he specialized in. The Bucks didn't, don't need what Drew Holiday is a specialist in. Like they don't need, they. That's not, that wasn't their problem. So what did they address? You know, like, okay, they're gonna have another great regular season, and then they're gonna get into the playoffs, and it's gonna be the same old story that we've seen with LeBron. That, well, when he was on the Cavs, that we see with James Harden on the Rockets, and now we keep seeing with Giannis on the Bucks. When you don't have a viable second option, teams in the playoffs can just playoffs can just load up against you.
0: He's a better Bledsoe in some ways. I mean, he's a much better Bledsoe, but he's not like you said. He's not the type of. Super Let's give him a little he... bit
1: of credit. He can run an offense. Eric Bledsoe I, cannot I, run an offense whatsoever.
0: I, 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 I'm with you. Okay, I, we're moving to the next team in a second. But listen, <laughs> he's a he's a slightly. Not as slightly. He's a better bled, So there's no question about it. I'm a drew holiday fan, but I'm with Alf on this. They, the Bogdanovich thing would have helped a lot, but it is an Orlando magic bench to me. And to say that Bryn for- you know, the Forbes is the best, best, better shooter than anybody they had on the bench last year. George Hill was one of the best bench shooters in the entire league. Um, And, and they did lose him and he also can run an offense. I don't think they're marketedly better. I don't. And, and for that, and I also think that the big issue they had against the heat, they've not addressed it. They've not addressed it. You can still load up against Giannis. All right, Greg, next. I'm clocking all you guys. Boston, what do we think?
2: Uh, Boston. So they um, out Gordon Hayward, out Ennis Cantor, uh, out Brad Wanamaker, in Jeff Teague, in Tristan Thompson. Um, and then obviously they added Aaron Neesmith in the draft, Peyton Pritchard in the draft. So, um, and then that, that's essentially it. So from my perspective, I mean, if your big additions are Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson and you lost Gordon Hayward and Ennis Cantor, I feel like they got worse. Alex,
0: to, my, to Greg's point on this, Boston fans were saying that if they had Gordon Hayward in that series, that they they would have beaten the Heat. And I'm not a big fan of the Hayward contract in Charlotte. But you can't argue that Hayward would have helped you against the Heat because he has he's another you know, multi-dimensional wing and then somehow argue that this team is better when they've basically replaced him in the rotation with Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague.
1: Yeah, the, uh, you know, the Celtics Heat Conference Finals was a lot more competitive than the Heat Bucks second round. So I, it, obviously, I think having Hayward would have helped them and having that on the margins would have helped. I still don't really buy that that's the swing guy for them. Like Hayward, when he did play, just wasn't that much of an impact player. Like you obviously want him uh, playing other than uh, some of the other guys they had on their bench, but you know, I like it's, it is an L for them. What, what happened, right? Like, I think it's, it's good that you don't have to pay him $30 million for four years because that's the contract that he took. And I was just listening to Zach Lowe say that the Celtics were offering a lot. Like it was not a large gap between what they were offering and what the Hornets were offering. And like, I heard even as high as 110 million as low as 102 million over four years. And so, he he left to Charlotte. They got nothing back for some reason. So that makes me think, by the way, that that whole report about Miles Turner was complete, was fake. Because it's like, if that was true, <laughs> why didn't Danny Ains just I mean end Gordon up taking... Hayward?
3: I think Gordon Hayward uh, legitimized that report, didn't he? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if that was
1: there and both sides, if Hayward was on was <laughs> all the way down to go to Indiana. Because
3: it's funnier, it's funnier if it's real.
1: I think it's the conspiracy theorist in me makes me want to say like Danny Age is just putting that out there to make it look like, you know, why would he put a, a it work? out
3: there? It makes him look like an idiot. I, but this is what he does, right? Like he he he's always almost no, pulling off trades. I if I was Danny Age I'd never tell anybody that I turned down Miles Turner and all this other stuff. And then to let Gordon you Hayward. You don't remember walk for when he free. offered four first-round picks. Yeah, but Justin I'm Winslow. saying, I'm saying, but like this just makes him look bad. Like he, he just he let it. He, like this is a second free agent he's let walk for nothing, right? Like this is just it's just a bad it's look. Telling the fans, look, we're working, we're working on a trade. We're trying to get a
1: real well, player it's more back. Than just
0: that, <laughs> Alf, Alf. it's more than just like that. It's like then he had to g- he had to give away assets to get rid. Uh, uh, I mean, they they had they had so many assets. <laughs> And what they're left all with the now, assets, huh? it, it, all the assets is a very good team. i a walker on a bad knee. What they had and what it could have been, Alf. Um, I mean, they still have Tatum and his growth. They still have Brown and his growth, but they were trying to move Kemba Walker. Uh, Tristan Thompson, to me, doesn't move the needle all that much. I mean, no. you know what he is and what he isn't. Uh, are they uh, do the heat match up better with them than they did before? I think
3: so. Um, I don't know if it's better. I just think it's the same thing. Like, I don't they, they might've gone down a notch or, you know, I just don't think it's, it's a, it's a huge deal. Like they, they didn't improve. And I don't know. I don't think the Gordon Hayward thing, Like I used to laugh so much at the Celtics fans. Like, Oh, if we had Hayward, what, what is Gordon Hayward going to do? Like he, he, he didn't do anything in the playoffs. He's made of glass. Like honestly they're better off without him to not have to count on him and have to that crutch and that excuse to me, it's like better to let a guy like that go and to just constantly sit there and dream of the what ifs. It's almost like Justice Winslow for the Heat. And I'm not trying to bag on Justice. Everyone knows I love Justice, but there was a lot, there was a lot of times Heat fans were always wondering, oh, but if we only, if Justice was healthy, like it's better sometimes to just get rid of that baggage, right? So they got rid of that baggage, but did they improve? No. So it's, to me, the bigger question about the Celtics is why do max players keep wanting to leave for nothing? Like I think we need to start looking at Danny Age and, and, and uh the wonder kid. Uh what what's his name? Uh <laughs> Bad Stevens. Bad Stevens. Bad C, I can't even remember his name. Uh the, the little white guy. Like, we gotta start looking at those guys and start wondering like what is going on in, in Celtics land? Um, that even white guys wanna leave the Celtics in a hurry. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like that was like paradise for for Gordon Hayward, you know. Not so just for I,
0: Gordon Hayward, but for Gordon Hayward's wife, because according to her, the, the police were visiting her every day just to make sure that she whenever
3: the okay. police visit me every day, I got a case. But, you know,
0: it's different <laughs> for white ladies. It's that's fun. perplexing. <laughs> All right. Uh, when we come back after a word from Safe Cubbies, uh, we're going to get into the Raptors and the Pacers. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Right, you first, I want to it. tell you about one of our most important sponsors. We've talked about them a lot, but now they've got new offerings. And as you know, COVID-19 is not gone, so you've got to make your environment, whether it's your school, you want to tell your administrator, whether it might be your business, maybe you are the boss, maybe you want to tell the boss, or whether it's a residence, you want to make the place safe, so you got to check out safecubbies.com. they've got custom sneeze guards and shields and also they stock sneeze guards and shields they do office partitions again they work with restaurants businesses schools and more they do floor decals for the social distancing they do the ppe and covid signage they also can put in the touch-free sanitizer stands with or without the branding and they do branded face masks as well and safe cubbies will come out and perform a safe serve a site survey to provide a free estimate for you And, of course, they will do the installation. So reach out to them. Mention Five Reasons. We've had many, many people who followed us. They've gone to them. They've been very, very satisfied. So check out safecubbies.com for all of your safety needs during the pandemic. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Thanks for joining us again. Check out fivereasonsports.com. Also, all of our shirts on the site. I don't know how hot the Tua shirts are going to be this week, so make sure you check out all of our heat shirts all right let's get to it greg the raptors
2: so for the raptors there's quite a bit of change here they obviously re-upped fred van vliet um and they kept chris boucher is that how you say his last name uh i'm I'm never great with these names i'm learning this as i'm doing this podcast oh ask alf 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 will will
3: take boucher is right oh Mm -hmm. there we go Um, i think it would have been better if you said Boucher, but boucher is right
2: um, and they, so also in Aaron Baines, who was in Phoenix last year, DeAndre Bembry, who is a Nikaias Duncan favorite. Wait and a second.
3: Hold on. You, you said Aaron Baines and didn't even address the fact that Alex Hart is broken over that, that well, signing.
2: We'll, we'll get to it. Too soon, man. <laughs> Alex Len was also signed. So that's two centers signed before Hassan Whiteside. But here's the bigger thing for Toronto from my perspective. It's who's out. Marcus Gasol is in L.A. Rondé Hollis Jefferson still a free agent. I don't know that that matters. Serge Ibaka is in Clipperland, And And uh, from a draft perspective, they brought in Malachi Flynn at the tw- with the 29th pick. So, again, this is another team I feel like they're in flux. I mean, maybe they'll be okay with Baines. Um, kinda, I think he's a little bit underrated for what they want to do there. But overall, I mean, it's still a little weird when you're losing two front court pieces with Ibaka and Gasol.
0: Alex, how do you see them?
1: Honestly, man, I think it's going to be – I look at their front court drop off, and I think it's a slight drop off when you talk about their regular season wins. And even when you, you know, project towards the playoffs, like, obviously, I think you'd rather have Gasol and Ibaka. But I think those guys are closer to role players than core guys. And I think where they were really good is that they had fit the Raptors system perfectly. I think Gasol actually, like, Gasol was was especially unique because they could run offense to him. They could keep him outside. And, and, you know, he could also kind of be that big. I think he, he didn't look great in the bubble. And obviously, I think that I don't think he's gonna look that bad on the Lakers. But at the end of the day, and there it is again. I don't think the drop off is that large. Like I think Aaron Baines. Obviously, you guys know how I feel. It's heart uh, heartbroken that the Heat uh, couldn't pick him up. But uh, I think he's a pretty good player, man. And I think they're gonna win around the same amount of games. or, You know, have a, a similar winning percentage than they that they did last year. Again, this is similar to what we were talking about before. They didn't really upgrade in any way I like the Malachi Flint pick I'm not a draft guy but from what I did see of him you know he he seems really really skilled I don't know how much he's going to contribute this year I think their offseason was kind of lateral like I think obviously you don't you didn't they wanted to bring back Gasol and Ibaka but uh bringing back Boucher bringing back Aaron Baines and you know how they are with their uh development like I think they're going to be just fine actually but they didn't get better
0: i love alex's phrase because the end of days now like come at like 5 15. oh it's terrible it was just <laughs> talking about our
1: this is horrible Okay, we need to protest <laughs> so like it, daylight savings or whatever we're in right now because it is horrible
0: but Biden will get right on it the, the gsh is going to prove uh, we said we we're going to keep so him accountable right on it. Alf, alf the raptors um you, you tend to, to fight with raptors fans sometimes uh, they did. They did keep Van Vleet at a good price. I, 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 to me, that was the best thing that they did this offseason. I mean, to get him at 21 million, when all he kept doing was tweeting about his bank account, I thought he was going to try to break break the bank with them even more. But I mean, how do you see that fit? It looks like Lowry's going to be back. I mean, I, I think they'll still be competitive. Of course,
3: I think they're going to be competitive because they have uh, the f- f- top three coach and maybe one, probably top three coach in the entire league. Like I love Nick Nurse and what he does. Um, they have a good organization. Like I trust, I trust them to do the right thing almost, as much as I trust the Heat. So the drop off with the front court, I, I do believe it's going to be real. But at the same time, Marcus Paul was a diminishing player. Um, the, the fact that like Lakers fans are rejoicing over Marcus all like chill. Um, Sir, uh, Serge Ibaka is a you know like I, I think like Heat fans. I think people are going crazy over Serge Ibaka. like. I just, to me, he's a he's he's sorely diminished from where he was, you know, uh, two three years ago. I don't see him as that much of a difference maker. I don't see him as a rim protector anymore. He just doesn't have the athleticism, doesn't have the bounce. He's just not the same guy anymore. So I don't, you know, like honestly, they might have upgraded just by like kind of letting go of some of that stuff that they, you know, some of the, you know, the, the championship team they were holding on to. Um, but I don't like, you know, I like the Aaron Baines pick, uh, not pick. The Aaron Baines move. Alex Len does nothing for me. I think they they have to address some of their depth, especially in the front court, because with when they lost those two guys. But I just feel like the Raptors are going to figure it out. Like I trust that team and that organization.
0: I think the biggest thing for them, well, two things. One, now that the backcourt is back and the backcourt will be very good and Lowry's in the last year of his deal, so he's going to have a good year. Two biggest things are Siakam's got to find his game uh, because he was one of the worst, He was one of the worst quote-unquote, stars in the bubble. I mean, Paul, Paul. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. To get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat. George got the heat for it, but Siakam might have been worse. Okay, so he's got to get it back. The other thing is, can Ananobi take that step from being a really, really good looking young player to being a star? And we saw it with Siakam. I think Ananobi has a chance to do that. So to me, those are the two things. But I, I trust them to be competitive. They'll probably be ranked lower than they should be, and they'll likely overachieve. All right, let's get to it, Greg, the Pacers.
2: So with Indiana, they essentially haven't changed much at all. They bring, they're bring they bringing back the same exact team. Uh, out is TJ Leaf, if you consider that to be an out. Um, and they... Oh, no. You know, they kept, right. <laughs> uh, the, the, see, this is the thing with Indiana, the way that we saw them as constructed in the bubble. Uh, they didn't have really, the, you know, one of their best players, if not their best player in Domas Sabonis. So he'll be back. And I think that that's, uh, you know, huge. Jeremy Lamb was also in. He'll be back. So, you know, they have those guys, but ultimately the only signing they kept Justin Holiday. they drafted Cassius Stanley in the second round. And um, and they're essentially bringing back the same team. And there's a lot of uncertainty with Oladipo, but Indiana very much like to uh, repeat. They're generally a relatively scrappy, good defensive team. So, I mean, I think that they'll probably be flat. To-
0: well, they still have Oladipo. That That's the big thing here. Um, And, and Alex, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much longer I, I've talked to some people up there that, you know, who say that they claim that they're not trading him, but I do think if the right offer comes along, they do, but we didn't, I mean, Greg's right in the sense. We didn't really see the real Pacers team and they did overachieve in the regular season, but they also flipped their coach. I mean, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, they did make one change. Uh, do you see them as a serious threat for a top four seed? No. Uh, you know, unless some of the teams
1: have like real injury issues that that are unforeseen. Uh, no, I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be around the same level of team they were last year. Maybe the coach does different stuff. Maybe he doesn't. I just think more like, more or less, when you keep that talent, they, they kind of maxed out last year, uh, maybe not in the playoffs. Well, obviously not in the playoffs because of their injuries. So, like, they're a competitive team. They're, they're not a joke, but they're not one of the biggest threats either. That's really all I gotta say. The only thing that can swing it one way or the other is Victor Oladipo just really coming back and being a lot closer to what he was before the injuries. So, you never, you never know. Like, he could, be, he could be ahead of schedule for all we know, uh, especially all the, all the time he spends down here with the quality training of David Alexander. So uh, that's really the only swing thing to me. Regardless, I, I think all the other teams are, are bigger threats, even Philadelphia.
0: You know, Alf, the thing about it is that we, we're kind of mocking the Hayward thing a little bit to Charlotte. But I actually think if the Pacers had gotten Hayward, that he could have been a difference maker for them. He's kind of the player they, they needed. And then they could have moved T.J. Warren more permanently up to the four spot the the, the turn Sabonis thing doesn't really work ideally. I mean do you do you I mean to me they've been an overachieving team the past couple of years which is weird that they fired their coach. But Pacer fans feel like they should be better. Should they be better? No.
3: I mean no I mean they they're right where they should be I think they're actually going to be better. Um if these guys can stay healthy for the playoffs, like Sabonis is one of my one of the players I like to watch the most in an offense. Like he sets the best screens that of anyone in the entire league like he is third. whatever i don't care uh he is so like important to their offense and they're like they just completely like without him they don't they don't look the same and now you have tj warren iso ball which is not going to work in the playoffs as we've seen so they are if if that team can remain healthy with sabonis i believe they're dangerous um you know i think they're you know i think they're they're right where they should be. I don't think they're overachieving or underachieving. I don't know, you know, without Nate McMillan, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to change, but, um, yeah. Hayward would have been a nice move for them because I don't like Miles Turner as a player. You put, you put my, uh, Gordon Hayward next to, um, Sabonis with TJ Warren, Victor Oladipo. Like I, that team to me, uh, does, favorite. Is, yeah, that's a, that's, you know, that's a, uh, that's. That's a formidable team, but with Miles Turner as a bonus, I never liked the fit, like you said, Um, but I still, I I think they're, I think they're, they're going to get better just because of health. So I think they will be better than they were last year.
0: All right. We're going to talk about uh, two of the more controversial teams here, the Nets and the Sixers. When we get back to close this thing out, before we do though, I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. I actually just placed some bets on there tonight, and that's my bookie. You can find them at mybookie.ag. Thanksgiving is about traditions, and betting on football with my bookie's Turkey Day Free Play. My bookie's third annual Turkey Day Free Play returns Thanksgiving Thursday. It's your chance to bet up to two hundred fifty bucks risk free on the early Thanksgiving game, the Turkey Day. Free play is a no-risk, all-gravy wager on the full game spread. Pick the right team and you win. If your team's upset, your bet up to 250 bucks is refunded before the next afternoon game. I had to keep reading this because I wasn't sure it was a real promotion. New players will get their first deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks to help add even more excitement to the greatest football weekend of the year. That's right. Make your first deposit and get extra cash that you can use on parlays, teasers, and props all weekend long. Use the promo code Five on the floor in order to claim your bonus and your free bet. That's five on the floor. Spell it out. And the best part is it's only the beginning. My bookie has promotions all weekend long. Turkey Day free play is Thanksgiving Thursday. Rolls into Black Friday boosted odds and finishes the holiday strong with buy one, get one free cyber Monday night football. That's why in my bookie they call football season winning season. Check it out now. No risk. All gravy. Don't forget to use the promo code five on the floor to claim your freebies. All right. We're going to do the Sixers last. So, you know, for old time's sake, let's get to the Nets.
2: The Nets are the, one of the more interesting teams because they're, this is funny. They're, they retain Joe Harris. They're getting back Kyrie. They're getting back KD. So those are pretty big uh, additions to a roster. I mean, I think we should acknowledge that those guys were not there last year uh, for the most part, but also in's Bruce Brown from Detroit, uh, old friend from the Miami hurricanes. Uh, they signed Jeff green. They traded for Landry Shamit so that, you know, there's some shooting there and, um, And then, but I mean, out for them, they didn't really lose anybody that is of note Garrett temple, you know, went elsewhere, but all the other guys, they kind of were happy to let go. So this is really all about getting Kyrie KD retaining Joe Harris. And uh, I still feel like they are a couple perimeter defenders short. Um, And obviously there's the trade stuff with James Harden. That's still bubbling below the surface.
0: Alex, if they don't get Harden, if this is the team, this is the roster, all of these guards that they've got Harris back, uh, Dinwiddie back, Lavert back, Irving in. Uh, you mentioned Bruce Brown as kind of a defensive player off the bench. A little bit of a thin front court, I think. But is this team good enough to be top two in the conference?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, it depends on how often Kyrie and KD play. It's obviously a weird regular season. Uh, it's going to be a 72-game season. It's a little bit compressed. And two guys that have dealt with recent injury issues have dealt with career injury issues. So. That's kind of, I think, going to be what swings their seeding. But uh, at the end of the day, like they're going to have an awesome offense. I think. Well, I really just keep doing it. I just noticed. Wait,
3: when, when, when?
1: At the end of the day. Oh, okay. at the beginning at the start the of the, of the day. day. I just want to make sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I think they're a trade away, man. I think their front quarter is a little is a little bit thin right now, and not just because Kevin Durant is skinny. He's not going to be really playing the four. Like I think he is a four. He's their best four. Or maybe he is going to play the four. Maybe he proves me wrong. But we've known in his career he's liked to play three. He's preferred playing there. And I, I think now, especially if he's going to be losing quickness and from the Achilles injury, like putting him as a four makes even more sense to, so he can guard slower guys in, in theory. Like they're missing another four, it, way more than the Heat are. And I do think the Heat are too, but it's way more of a hole with the Brooklyn Nets because I think Torrey Prince right now is their best four. If it's not Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. I think that he's not really a four. He's not a great defensive player. Uh, I like the Shamit pickup. Jeff Green, you know, is fine for a veteran minimum or whatever he took. I think they should have retained Garrett Temple. I don't know why. I mean, he was cheap. Like, why not? He was a solid guard defender. Uh, They missed out on not getting Ibaka and Millsap. I think that would have been a really good pickup for them. I'm still probably – they're probably the biggest threat. I think they're the biggest threat, uh, obviously, on paper. Until we see them play, I'm not really sure. But uh, they seem like they have the potential, you know, after they make one more move to really be the best team in the East – if everything shakes out right, well, also the most explosive, it, it, you know, a lot of things could shake out wrong for them with or without hearted.
0: I'm with you about the Durant thing at the four, not just for what, the reason you're talking about with the fact that he's coming off the injury, but also they've got six guard like perimeter players that need to play on that team. The only way to get them all in the game is to have Durant at the four. So maybe that's why they didn't go after that kind of, because if they, if they're not just collecting guys like Lavert and Dinwiddie as assets, I mean, they picked up Shamit, like you mentioned, and they did pick up Bruce Brown. I mean, they've got like a Kyrie They've got five guards. Um, Alf, can this we saw with the heat that it takes a little bit of time for a group to come together. And this team has a rookie head coach. I mean, that's the other thing. They've got Steve Nash as their head coach, even though they do have Dan Tony and some experienced assistants Everyone's can it a head come coach. together that quickly.
3: Um, <clears throat> like when I look at the nets uh, on paper, they are the best team in the East, right? um they they went from a playoff team and added two of the best players in the league but what I like to c- consider is the weirdo factor but like they have two weirdos at the top of their at, at the top of their team like they don't have a Steph Curry to to uh, Steph Curry or Klay Thompson a culture to kind of like reign KD in they don't you know we saw what happened when Kyrie left Cleveland like he's the weirdo factor is huge like you know in the middle is it of the huddle, you created. Yeah, the weirdo factor. You can look it up. It's on uh, Basketball Reference. I but, you were um, anti-stats. Like, what's going on? No, yeah, B, no. B-ball Reference has it. Um, yeah, it's just like I. There's the. They are this team is most uh susceptible to like the intangible factor than any team I've ever seen. Like they should be the best team in the East. Like it shouldn't even be a question because Kevin Durant to me is the best player in basketball um, because because LeBron is older and he does so many more things offensively than Giannis can. But I just don't trust either of those guys to like to self-regulate. And then you have a rookie head coach and Steve Nash. You don't have any veteran presence on the roster except for uh, DeAndre. Um, I just, I don't know. I look I, I look at that team and I have no idea. Like they should be hands down the best team in the East. Absolutely. I mean, but I, mean, I don't, I don't trust Kyrie. I don't trust Kevin Durant. Like I could see them being somehow like a six, seven seed for some reason, just because shit just went awry. Like yeah, I, they're, I, they're not going to be that. Al. I mean, th- there have been, I know I'm just saying, but like, w- how surprised would you be if their t- their season just went to shit for some reason? I, just take well, like one bad injury
0: to me. To me, it's a, it's a Kyrie thing in a lot of ways. I, I I'm not really concerned about Durant. I, I think Durant's going to come back. Very, very motivated from everything that's happened. He wants to reclaim kind of his place in the top three. He believes the top one of the league. Uh, I do think that the type of player he is, I think he'll be able to overcome that injury he had. He's had enough time now. I think he's going to be fine. You guys know my feelings on Kyrie as a teammate. And we'll see because there are other guards on that team that deserve to play. And, you know, that's the thing. Like when I was up there in Brooklyn last year covering a heat game, there were people were saying, the team played better with Dinwiddie than they played with uh, – with Kyrie. So we'll see how that thing shakes out. All right, let's get to our favorite team. Uh, before we close this thing out, we'd all rather be the Sixers or maybe not, uh, Greg, what have the Sixers done?
2: So the Sixers they've done a lot actually. And, um, they, some of this is addition by subtraction by my view in that they, f- they ridded themselves of Al Horford. Uh, Alec Burks is out. Um, they traded Jay rich to Dallas, our old friend. Um, and in comes, uh, Tony Bradley from Utah, Seth Curry from Dallas, Terrence Ferguson from Oklahoma City, Danny Green uh, from the Lakers, Dwight Howard signed for the vet minimum. Uh, And then they drafted Tyrese Maxey, the guard that a lot of Heat fans had their eyes on from Kentucky. Uh, And then another player, two players in the second round that a lot of, uh, let's call them draft nerds, uh, like a lot. And that's Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed. So they've essentially, what they've done is they've balanced the roster. They've added the necessary shooting that you would want around Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons. And obviously with Doc coming there and with Daryl Morey, they're always going to be active from a trade perspective. So this is one team that I actually think, although there may be some big names in Jay Rich and Al Horford that went out, I like the mix better than I did last year.
0: Alex, thoughts on the balance, of the roster? Uh,
1: the balance is better. I think the cost that they that they had to pay, at, like people reacted in, in a way that the Al Horford price, like giving up a first and a second one was low. I don't think that's slow when you're talking about going, you're getting worse from Al Horford to Danny Green. He's obvious. Danny Green is obviously a way cleaner fit than Al Horford. They had to move him. I get it. Right. Like you, you can't beggars can't be choosers, right? Danny Green is fine. He's a good veteran. He's won two straight titles. (laughs) The real big pickup for them, I think was Seth Curry. I think that he's a big upgrade on shake Milton. I think if they want to go back to trying out Ben Simmons at the four, I think Seth isn't a real point guard, but he's, he's definitely a lot further ahead than shake Milton can run simple sets and can do stuff with the ball in his hands. He's, a, he's an elite shooter. He's one of the best in the league. I still am not afraid of them. I think they're they're gonna make a lot more sense. They're gonna be more competitive. And yet, like, they're still a playmaker short. I still think, like, if they would have got Drew, Drew, even, even, even then, like, Drew Holiday is not a great fit. They need to get somebody of that caliber, I think, just so they can become, like, I don't really have them in the same tier as, uh, as the other great teams in the east I kind of have them there with Indiana like I think un- until further notice maybe it just works so well in the regular season and people start overrating them but going into the playoffs I think it's still going to be the same problem with Simmons and Embiid and people are still going to load up and
3: in- load up in the paint even if Seth Curry is out there now instead of Josh yeah, Richardson to me that's the the problem is they like just like the Bucks, they haven't addressed their biggest issue their biggest issue is their two stars don't work together right on paper Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can work together because these guys can provide space on the floor like they score at all three levels all, both of those guys like they're they're offensively now maybe defensively Kyrie can't play defense worth crap but you know Kevin Durant has become a much better defensive player but when you look at the Sixers their biggest issue is that the two guys they pay the most or that they 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 they've given the franchise to don't fit right and then you got rid of Josh Richardson who didn't fit i don't I, I think he didn't fit because of those two guys like Josh Richardson is a good player he's a good complimentary piece i mean Tobias Harris is still out there you know with a ski mask on they didn't have a Make- single other playmaker on the roster outside of Ben Simmons like that's yeah. a problem it's a it's, terrible idea they- i don't know why we all bought into it not not all of us but I mean but they thought Josh could be that and Josh did that from time to time for them right like he had but we all know Josh can't be trusted for that role consistently and they have not fixed the problem that Simmons and and Embiid don't work together right so until those two guys either figure it out and Simmons develops a three-point shot which is so far-fetched at this point like Can we stop with like oh once he develops a three point shot? Like guys don't just develop a three point shot like like a good one, like you know, this far into their career when they don't shoot at all. I mean, Um, I seen the tape. The dude kills it at open runs. Yeah, honestly, and it's a worse form. It's worse than my form. Okay. So it's it's terrible. Um the heat of tape of that from from last year. But um (laughs) you but you, you look at you look at uh you look at them, they have not fixed anything to me. And I don't know. I, I like the Seth Curry pickup, but it's a lot of these little tertiary things that don't address the larger issue. And the larger issues are the ones that come out in playoff time. So I don't, I don't see how this is that big of an upgrade.
0: I, I think what Morey is trying to put together um, is a roster that will allow him to decide which one to keep. I think that's where this is headed. I, I don't think that they're committed long-term to both guys playing together. I think this is a one-year trial to see if doc can figure it out. But I think ultimately if they don't get hard if this is the roster they come in with, there's going to be a decision made. Do we build around Simmons going forward with this group or do we build around Embiid? And I think at least he's got enough roster balance that he can kind of figure it out. The problem last year was that you bring in Horford to play with Embiid. There's no way to see how effective Embiid can be when he's got to split the court with a guy that he shouldn't be playing with. And in the same sense, Simmons didn't have a backcourt mate that made sense for him, or at least not enough perimeter players or enough secondary ball handlers. Now they do to a degree. So now I think that with the roster cleaned out, it's like what I said about the heat last year, give Eric Spolster an uncluttered roster, right. And see what he can do with it. They've given Doc Rivers a little bit more of an uncluttered roster. And I think it will allow them to make a decision, not who else they put with the two of them, but which of the two of them they're going to go forward with. I think this is that kind of year for them, but I think the best thing for them is that maybe they'll be able to eliminate some of the other distractions that they had last season. All right. So we went through six teams other than the heat. We will deep dive on the heat on other episodes. we got an episode coming up about the heat's potential starting lineup. My overall thought on this rapid fire guys for real. Okay. Did the East get significantly better? Did these six teams, when you look at the heat, uh,
2: compared to the heat, did it get significantly better? Greg? No, I mean, when Riley said we're going to run it back, I feel like the, when we just broke down all these teams that we just did, it's never a better season to run it back and keep the flexibility that they did because nobody got markedly better. So I think it, it was the perfect season for Miami to kind of execute the plan. And uh, nobody got, nobody took that leap. So I, I, I feel like it's pretty much uh, a status quo. Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty
1: much with you. Like, I think a couple teams got marginally better, like we mentioned with Philly and Milwaukee. I'm still, I still don't think they solved their biggest issues. I think the biggest difference, honestly, is just Brooklyn being in the fold now and, you know, kind of the X factor with them not really knowing how well they're going to play together and how much it's going to work. And if they make another move, other than that, I think everybody else is, is pretty lateral. I think. Uh, the Heat should still feel pretty good about where they are com- uh, compared to the rest of the East, right? Like, I think people kind of had their expectations a little bit high, thinking that they were going to get Gallinari and Millsap and West Matthews. Rapid
3: fire, Alex. Rapid fire. But Rapid think, fire.
1: There you go, man. Like, I think that's pretty much it. La- lateral.
3: Alf, you got three seconds. Yeah, Brooklyn three got seconds. significantly better, but the weirdo factor, so I don't know.
0: That's the way to close. <laughs> the weirdo factor. All right. Thanks for joining us. Check out btrpay.com. Mention five reasons that you'll keep your hundred dollar loan. Safecubbies.com. You want your your school or your business to be safe. And of course, mybookie dot a g use the promo code five on the floor. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.